Welcome to episode four of Just Friends. No? Episode five. Oh, episode five. Fine. <laughs> Welcome to episode five of Just Friends, the podcast where a married couple who has now exited the honeymoon phase of their marriage watches Friends for the first time. <laughs> you keep pitching new ways to describe the show. I feel like they're getting worse. Oh, really? Yeah. So, but do you agree with the marriage part? That we're married? Yes. No, that we've exited the honeymoon phase of our marriage. Sure. I mean, objectively, that's absolutely true. I don't think the I honeymoon phase I think we did it a few years ago. Lasts for, I mean, how long does the honeymoon phase traditionally last? A year? Yeah. So. It's over. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> we'll have to uh, cue up that Roy Orbison song. It's over. <laughs> it's over. It's over. Over. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I used to listen to that uh, when I would get, you know, like during breakups. Yeah, I mean, it's but a good now one. this marriage just keeps going. <laughs> now you listen to it when you look back on our honeymoon. Yeah, I was actually lamenting to a couple of my friends that uh, I'll never really be able to appreciate an Adele album until we get divorced. If you're a divorcee listening to a bunch of Adele songs. That sounds pretty uh That's that's pretty depressing. No, yeah, exactly. That's my point. Like my life won't be depressing enough. <laughs> Shout out to all the divorcees out there. Friends. How many of us have them? Friends. Ones we can depend on. Friends. All right, let's get right into this. <laughs> And so we watched episode five of Friends, which is the one with the East German laundromat. And just as some intros, I'm Becca. Is it East German laundromat? I thought it was... Oh, right. I always... I fuck this up. I actually have laundromat crossed out too. East German laundry detergent. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm Becca. I'm Chris. And I've... we cannot agree <laughs> on what this is. I'm the only one who's keeping for. things in control here. Oh, is that how you see yourself? For this episode, so far. Whatever. You're on episode four with a title that doesn't <laughs> okay, good point, even good exist. Point. You know what, Chris? I'm tired of this. <laughs> all I want to do is listen to an Adele album. And so it's going to be Roy Orbison all over this episode. <laughs> it's so this is... I actually struggled a little bit to break this down into A-plot, B-plot, B plot and C plot. And that's because Friends has traditionally been pretty good about laying out which plot is coming first. You know, so they do a setup for the A plot and then they do a setup for the B plot and then they do a setup for the C plot if it exists. And in this case, um, they set up the A plot, potential A plot first, which is Chandler and Phoebe going off and doing a group breakup. And then they set up the B-plot second, which is Joey and Monica going on a group date and whatever shenanigans happen there. And the C-plot they set up last, which is Ross and Rachel doing laundry. But Ross and Rachel doing laundry, I think, takes up most of the episode. I mean, maybe, yeah. I mean, it's, it definitely takes up a lot. Yeah. It seems like it's the one that is the most, uh, that propels like the bigger arc of the like the Will friends they, won't yeah they? yeah like the other stuff you know bob and whatever her name was 
Laura Palmer look alike. Yeah, Laura Palmer's mom. <laughs> um, like, I feel like they're not going to come back and be, like, a part of the long yeah. plot, I wouldn't imagine. So I guess, is that the A plot? I mean, A in terms of importance, it was certainly presented last. Yeah. It was yeah. just, it was tossed in after they had introduced the other ones. I'm going to trust that Friends is setting up their A, B, and C plots in the right order every time. Yeah. And so yeah. we're going to call the A plot the group breakup, the B plot, the Joy and Monica date, and the C plot, the laundromat. And we'll just talk about them accordingly. Okay, so before we get too far away from the beginning of the episode, in the intro song thing, do they change the scenes for each one? I, I feel like I keep watching them, and I think they're different, but then I'm never sure, and I have no idea. Do you know? Do they like? Because I feel like this one had a lot of stuff from the previous episode in the intro, um, like the montage during the during the song. And I don't know if they keep changing them every episode. I honestly, I don't know. But now it's something to look out for. So you I can keep make looking notes. out for it, and I still can't figure it out. Well, I think that this might be some confirmation bias or something like that because... Well, yeah, that's what I'm worried about. I, I think that maybe now you're recognizing the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, well, that's what I'm not sure of. Yeah. Because if they don't know what they are, they might just pass. But I would bet that they're not changing it every time. Yeah, I, I think that would be weird, but yeah. I just I can't figure it out. Well, as the season goes on, that's an exciting exercise. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, plot, the A plot, uh, the group breakups that Chandler and Phoebe go into. I would say that this is probably the most boring plot. So the whole premise is that Chandler wants to break up with his girlfriend, uh, who's Janice. And because of the limited friends knowledge that I have, I can say that Janice comes back. because Yeah, because I know her as a somewhat character yeah exactly and she's pretty annoying (laughs) she has a different voice too in the beginning of the episode she has a less annoying voice and then like halfway through the episode she has the very nasally yeah exactly new yorky yeah yeah um is is, and she has that horrible laugh (laughs) yeah for like the fran drescher kind of uh laugh Mm -hmm. is that the is she the woman with the terrible laugh from Seinfeld? Who played? Maybe. That woman. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, where Jerry's like, oh, I have to have a good laugh. and Yeah. And he like hates her laugh. Yeah. No. She dated George and was not the weird laugh woman. Or are those two different Seinfeld episodes that I'm conflating? Because he also has a girlfriend who doesn't laugh. Well, he has the girlfriend who just says, that's funny. Yeah. But I do think that she's the one with the terrible laugh. I think that's true. Yeah, we'll have to. Ooh. I'm sure that there was like a lot of sharing in between Seinfeld. I mean, even Courtney Cox was on Seinfeld, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, she's his uh, fiance. That's right. Yeah. We'll uh, punch in some computer voices to clear all this up <laughs> in post. We don't punch in the computer voice, it just comes in. <laughs> it's the third member of the podcast. <laughs> Phoebe and Chandler, they decide that they're going to break up with their significant others and they're going to do it as a group thing to make it easier on the other person. So Janice comes in from a long day of shopping. She has a bunch of shopping bags, second time that we've seen this visual gag. Mm-hmm. And she buys uh, Chandler some Rocky and Bullwinkle socks, which I have noted down here as good. Potential Christmas gifts. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
I would, yeah, I'd wear those. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, I feel like if we don't remember Rocky and Bullwinkle, we're going to forget it. It's like no one talks about Rocky and Bullwinkle deep. anymore. If we don't remember it, we will forget it. Yeah. That is deep. I could have phrased it more profoundly, but I didn't. <laughs> nice. I wonder if Rocky and Bullwinkle holds up or if it's too anti-Russian. <laughs> I mean, we still hate the Russians, right? Some what... things never change. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next on our list is a podcast where we rewatch all Rocky and Bullwinkle episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Through the lens of modern geopolitics. Uh, so Phoebe has a quick, clean breakup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, Chandler, his goes on and on and on. He drinks a lot of espressos. Yeah. And gets all wired up. He's also wearing a great bowling shirt, I think. Oh, yeah. I actually put that note. Really? I, uh, yeah. I wrote, uh, where is it? I think I just wrote, yeah, Chandler bowling shirt. I, mean, <laughs> I didn't actually write a note about it, but it was a mental. Yeah. I Because uh, I didn't notice it until the decent chunk through the episode. I was like, that's a that's definitely a bowling shirt. Yeah. And uh, that's his, like his Saturday night shirt, you know? So that's his like going wild shirt. Getting wild. Yeah. Impress the ladies shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that bullwinkle socks and a bowling shirt. <laughs> Just the ladies will be throwing themselves at you. I kind of miss that because now miss guys... <laughs> well, the... shirts and bullwinkle socks? Yes. But... Now, guys, you know, Saturday night clothing, we're actually going to Washington, D.C. soon. So this will come up. But it's all just like the button down in the jeans. Like everybody wears that. But it seems like there was a little more. In certain neighborhoods. Yeah. But that's why I said D.C. But there's a little more variety in uh, 90s Saturday night fashion. I mean, at least what's portrayed in TV shows. They're not going to have them all wear you know, whatever, whatever the uniform was at the time. Mm. I certainly wasn't hitting the clubs in the 90s. No? No. Mm. Okay. Fun fact. You remember when we were watching episodes, the TV show with Matt LeBlanc? Mm-hmm. I love episodes, by the way. If you, any listener of this podcast hasn't watched it yet, I love this show. It's on Netflix right now. Uh, so you can watch it. It's starring... Uh, Matt LeBlanc as a variation of himself or he's like a huge douchebag. It's very funny. Do you remember that they had a guest character from Friends on it? Uh, yeah, and it was some random, it was like a bald white guy. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I don't remember what his name was. Boris or something? Gunther. Gunther. It was something, <laughs> you, you know. I actually saw him in the background of this and Gunther, uh, I read about him. He gets his start as just a regular extra and he converts that into a full role he just starts talking on the set yeah i don't exactly know i kind of remember gunther from like some episodes like he has a couple of one-liners here and there i remember him having very dry humor that's all but anyway i saw him in the background of this all right i'll keep my was he is he also bald or has he gone bald in the no i think he is bald oh all right i'll keep my eyes he works at the cafe for a burgeoning bald man to <laughs> to show himself. <laughs> oh, but in uh, I guess along in the Chandler Phoebe plotline on uh, Phoebe's weirdness watch, I guess after like the breakups eventually go well, and Chandler's like, oh, we should always break up together, you know. Well, or, Phoebe breaks up with uh with uh, Janice. Janice. Yeah, I forget what prompted this, but they were um like oh like what uh, like. 
what should we do next? He's like, oh, like maybe we should uh, rent a car and go, you know, run over some puppies or something. Uh, it's like a joke of like doing something else. Is that in this episode? Yeah, like I think. Oh, when um, Phoebe proposes like breaking up together. I think Chandler's, you know, he's like, oh, that's like oh. a real depressing thing to do together. He's like, you know, next time we should rent a car and run over some puppies. And Phoebe's like, no, I do not want to do that. <laughs> like, it was a real suggestion. Like it had already happened to her? Yeah, yeah, she's like, no, I tried that once. It is not as fun as it sounds. So it's just more proof that Phoebe has some real darkness, you know, that she didn't understand that that was a joke. She's like, no, that's a real suggestion. <laughs> and I am not into it. <laughs> yeah, it's not funny. I want you to know. <laughs> you can't unhear those puppy screams. <laughs> Let's trans- transition into the B-plot then. So Joey and Monica go on a date, and this is a classic sitcom bait and switch where Joey, first of all, he sees this Laura Palmer lookalike. Laura Palmer is a character from the TV show Twin Peaks, and she's kind of a character. She gets killed. She is dead in the first episode, and, you know, her whole essence is just haunting. But anyway, you know, I'm getting way into <laughs> Twin Peaks here. <laughs> But and that, this is a Friends podcast. But whoever that actress in this episode is looks exactly like an older version of Laura Palmer. Yeah, it looks they're... exactly like Laura Laura Palmer. It, I mean, not exactly, but very similar. It's weird, um, but it, it's definitely not the same actress. No, no. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, these shows are somewhat of the same time, like the 90s-ish. Yeah. So and she looks much older. She's like a teenager in Twin Peaks. Yeah, the most recent season of Twin Peaks was on Showtime. Yeah, they brought her back. Yeah, and she looked old like this lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again, this—you know—how old are these people supposed to be in this show? Because that woman looked like she was near forty. I would she did say. look a little older. Yeah, I don't. I don't and know. Matt LeBlanc looks like he's—he looks like he's in his twenties. Yeah, and he's got the floppy hair of a person who doesn't realize what looks good yet <laughs> okay I, I know that that's how you see it but it is nice hair it's a little greasy looking but it's nice you like all like those little spindly things draped in front of his eyes i like long hair on men in front of their eyes <sighs> whatever no people who have hair that is within their range of their like field of vision is i cannot understand it. you honestly you just think that because you cannot do it but i because of your cowlick. do it, what you think? It just all swoops out of the way. Yes. You could put some product in it and uh, droop it down in front of my eyes, so I constantly have something obscuring my vision. I'd say I'd like to see it, but there's no way you would ever do it. Well, no, because it would look ridiculous. Yeah, but you're a nonprofit lawyer, so who cares? I don't. That's not the point. <laughs> it's that I don't want to deal with my hair in the morning. <laughs> so where were we? <laughs> So Joey and Monica are on a date. Joey has very swoopy hair. He and, and a, he, that monochrome, well, like suit jacket and shirt. Yeah, it's beautiful. Did you notice that his pants were his pants also gray? I think his pants were black. <sighs> yeah. Huge mistake. I was hoping that. I assumed I'm like, man, this was a great because like all the those grays were perfectly matched. I was like, this is a nice, mm-hmm. nice monochromatic look. But then he had, I mean, the black pants like they were good. I'm going to steal the look. I'm definitely going to... Oh, yeah? For a wedding? For something. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure what. That's a good... I mean, we have a couple of weddings coming up, so you should definitely do that. For Halloween, I'm going to dress as Joey from this episode. <laughs> and no one's going to get it. That's cool. I mean, that makes sense. 
I'd like to see you with that swoopy hair. Yeah, I'll have to get some greasy wig. <laughs> so anyway, Joey uh, sees his ex-girlfriend and she looks good, according to him. He wants to <laughs> he wants to go on a date with her, so he says, let's go on a double date. And he ropes in Monica. Monica thinks that she is going as... Uh, you know, like on a date. Yeah. On a date with Joey's ex-girlfriend's boyfriend and Joey's ex-girlfriend thinks that Monica is Joey's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I hope that's all clear. Yeah. Monica thinks that Bob is Joey's ex-girlfriend's brother. Yeah. And Bob is Joey's ex-girlfriend who we will just call Laura Palmer. (laughs) Because I don't remember remember her name. Oh, Andrea or... I didn't write it down. Angela. 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 Angela, Yeah. Angela is Joey's ex-girlfriend. Bob is her boyfriend. Slash brother. (laughs) Joey tells Monica that Angela and Bob are siblings. So they go on a date to some restaurant that, you know, looks kind of nice, but they also serve chicken wings. (laughs) It was a weird, yeah, it was... I wasn't really sure what kind of vibe the restaurant was going for. I mean, it's a set in LA. That's the vibe that it's going for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the, it has a very bright bar right next to the, the table that they're yeah, seated. The table yeah. that they're seated at. It's just like it's not realistic at all. It's very much not a New York restaurant. No. Yeah. I mean, most of the most of yeah. the stuff in the show is not. The Central Park, you know, the cafe that they're at, maybe, but this place does not pass at all. It's lazy sound staging. Gotta cram it in. <laughs> Monica, so the the entire time they're going through and, you know, it's becoming obvious that this is not like a boyfriend-girlfriend couple or that this is a boyfriend-girlfriend couple. At one point, uh, Laura Palmer and Monica go into the bathroom and they're like talking about Bob. Monica is talking about him in a way such that she's indicating that she's interested. She's like, oh my God, he's such an amazing guy. It's so amazing to meet a guy that's funny and smart, whatever. And Laura Palmer's like, I know. And he's great in bed. Monica's like, oh my God, you know that? My brother didn't even tell me when he lost his virginity, which we know is a lie. In just the last episode, yeah. Monica not only knew that oh, Ross... Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she knew, like, what the date was. Yes, she exactly. was like, oh, it's October, October 20th. 20th. Yeah. yeah. It's the anniversary or whatever. Yeah. The show just doesn't add up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of laziness makes me very angry. Yeah, it's like no one, no one proofread yeah. these things. And from one episode to the next, Jesus Christ. We're not even talking seasons. Yeah, I watch these shows to get lost in them, to feel like I'm being transported to To L.A. A funnier place, (laughs) yeah, to an L.A. soundstage. (laughs) Anyway, um, I don't know if you noticed this, but Monica is wearing a black diamond surrounded by pave pave diamonds on her left ring finger. What is a pave diamond? Well, it's like the diamonds that go around on the outside. So these are like pave diamonds. They might be pave, but it's, you know, P-A-V-E. All right. Maybe pave diamonds. <laughs> you got them paved diamonds? Paved diamonds. Pave. So she's wearing one of those, and that's... On her left ring finger. That's the wedding hand, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I know that. I mean, I, what, what, am I supposed to... Isn't that weird? 
Uh, yeah, I guess. Like Especially if she's going on a are, date. Are black diamonds a thing outside well, of a ski mountain? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Rimshot. Black diamonds. They're definitely a thing. I mean, I'll take your word for it. I, yeah. I'm learning about these pave diamonds as well. I prefer pave. <laughs> pave <pay> D's. <laughs> but I do think it's funny at one point in the show... In the in the B plot, they order more wings. Well, Joey does in mm-hmm. order to entice her to keep. Yeah. So one of the things. Funny. What's the? Oh yeah, Bob. So he's trying to get Bob to break up with Angela, so that way he can go to Plowtown with Angela, and he is Plowtown sex for those of you who don't know. <laughs> so he is saying. Uh, Pointing out that Angela makes this like really hilarious squirrel, squirrel noise, yeah, nibbling noise. And in order to emphasize this, he is ordering wings at this kind of nice restaurant, but that also has a very bright bar. Yeah, he orders more wings, and she's like, "Oh no, like this is a dozen is plenty." She's just like, "Ooh, more wings! Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to nibble on them." <laughs> After uh, Bob and Angela are getting like too canoodly in front of Monica, and she she like realizes something's wrong, something's up, and she talks to Joey. She's oh, yeah. like, "Oh, she's like, I feel like I'm at getting cocktails in Appalachia. I feel like Appalachia is always the butt of incest jokes, just like in any, in so many contexts. It's just like always. Yeah, but for good reason. Is it? Is there? Is there like a higher incidence of? Remember those blue people that I told you about? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, there were still, like, never any great pictures of blue people. Yeah, because they're in Appalachia. Or <laughs> <laughs> there's no cameras. You know, in the South, they call it Appalachia. Yeah, I know, and I'm not going to do that. Mm. Or maybe it's Appalachia. I can't remember how they say it. Appalachia. No, I, we say, I mean... Appalachia is what we say. Oh. But they might say Appalachia or Appalachia. I, I can't say, remember. Like the, Appalachian, like the Appalachian Mountains? I don't know. Oh, God, it sounds so awful. We'll, we'll we'll punch in some computer voices to clear this up as well. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have much else to say about the B-plot. Well, how does it end up? I actually don't have any notes here. Does Do they win? Do uh, Joey and Monica win? Yeah, they, they get it. Uh, they're like, we tore that couple apart. Like, Oh, whatever. yeah, that's right. You know, that's they, right. Yeah. Uh, after um, Ross is all bruised up from his... His fall, which we should we'll get into when mm-hmm. we talk about the most important plot. That is somehow also the C plot. Yeah, you're right. So they do win. Good for them. All right. So C plot, Ross and Rachel doing laundry. They This all starts out where Ross, typical incel, kind of forces his way into uh, this whole laundry date that Rachel has with Monica originally, who I guess also ditches it to go on this date with Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Ross uh, lies about not having, or his laundry machine is broken or something. There's like a rat problem in the laundry room or something. Yeah. In order to do laundry with Rachel at the laundromat, two people doing laundry together is a date. That's what Chandler says. So Ross has to prepare accordingly. Yeah. He's like, oh, you don't want your underwear to be dirty. Like, what is this underwear got like shit on it? Like, what would she Or does Chandler's underwear have shit on it? (laughs) You know, like, what is he (laughs) expecting of this underwear? I mean, I don't do your underwear. I don't do any laundry. We send our laundry out. <laughs> I hate laundry. Yeah, yeah no, doing I just want to have dirty clothes 
and then have clean clothes that are folded. That's what I like. Also, I like how the laundromat people know how to do the whatever the sheets the, fancy oh, like fitted sheets. Yeah, you know they fold everything up. They match up all your socks for you. Oh and yeah, everything. That's great. I'm never, never going back to doing laundry. I honestly, I don't think that we could move outside of New York City because of our dependency on laundromats. <laughs> oh yeah, everyone. I learned that there's no laundromats in Stockholm. <laughs> it was a real knock against the city. Wait, there's no laundromats in Stockholm? There is at least one laundromat in Stockholm. This is not like, not like here where there's you. Everyone has uh, like everyone does their own laundry there. Didn't you? I think you told me this. I mean, I know that people do their laundry, but I guess I haven't thought about that there's no laundromats. That's awful. What or if there live. is, you'd have to travel f- way too far to, you know, unless, unless you plan your life around. Uh, yeah, I mean, but getting into yeah, weird okay, sorry. home territory. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> douchebag territory. All right. One of the pet peeves that I have with this is that he is talking about his Snuggles laundry detergent. Chandler is saying... Don't use that because, you know, it's embarrassing to have right. softener yeah. uh, that snuggles. Bitch detergent. Yeah, exactly. Basically, he might as well have said that. If he was Phoebe, he would have. <laughs> yeah. Snuggles is blue. It's actually just snuggle. The bottle is blue. This is like part of their core branding. Has it always been blue? Yes. So I was thinking maybe it's not always been blue, but then they actually have snuggles detergent. Snuggle. In the laundromat later on at the top of like the... Like the machine where you can get all the different detergents from with a coin. So I, I was really upset to see that he was holding a yellow bottle. Like, this is core branding. Just lazy prop work. It is lazy prop work. <laughs> Ugh. I mean, if I were Snuggles, Snuggle. I would have made them rewrite the episode. Because I assume that they paid for some in-brand, in-episode uh, branding. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Yeah, or I would have demanded my money back. <laughs> Related to that, in that scene, you see the interior of Ross's bedroom, which is the bedroom of a child. Well, <laughs> it has like little dinosaurs. But he's and like an archaeologist or something. I don't care. Do archaeologists have little toy dinosaurs all around? Yeah, I guess they're it not looks, even like model it dinosaurs. Like a clean child's room. It did not look like the room of an adult man. Yeah, he even has like a violin at kind of a low level. It just it just looked very childish. It was yeah. very weird. It was weird. Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. I mean, this just goes into my whole incel theory. Yeah, he's a, a stunted a stunted man who, you know, hates women. Maybe he'll kill all the women in the show, and that's how it ends. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. I would not be surprised if it ends in a murder-suicide. <laughs> what, like a three-way murder-suicide? Who's the three-way? The men and women pair off and... Uh, Just Ross and Rachel. That Yeah, that would be mm-hmm. that would be pretty good. Yeah, it's a good, <laughs> good finale. It would be a good finale. It would keep, you know, be the talk of the water cooler the next day. <laughs> sure. <laughs> if that's... If people still have water coolers. Water coolers still exist. Ross and Rachel go to a laundromat, and there's a white woman there cosplaying as a character from Coming to America. <laughs> Is that what's happening? Or is that a joke? I don't know. That. <laughs> yeah, that's the joke. I'm like, was that a thing? Yeah, because she is wearing some, like, weird, like, African garby stuff. I, yeah, it was, uh, it was weird. It was, like, all, uh, like, key lime pie colored clothes with, uh, 
very colorful prints. Mm-hmm. One of those little uh, square hats, like yeah, little box hats. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, yeah. She was putting off a weird, weird vibe. Yeah. So she gets in a fight with Rachel. Ross comes in to save the uh, washing machine that Rachel wants to use. Rachel makes a classic uh, faux pas of laundry machine jokes, which is mixing, you know, your whites with one colored item to ruin the whole thing. It's always a red thing uh, that ruins everything. Yeah, like some sort of white nationalist joke. Mm. I do think it would have been good to make a somewhat racist joke when they were talking about separating the whites and the coloreds. (laughs) So they really missed an opportunity there. Maybe in the, I'm sure that one was left in the writer's room. <laughs> but here's the thing. You actually, you don't have to separate if you just wash everything in cold. Like, you don't have to wash everything in hot. Yeah. And like, does, if you leave one red sock in the white load on hot, will it like really bleed into everything? I feel like that would not. I definitely. I know it's a common thing yeah. in uh, like TV and movies that, yeah. you know, if you fuck up the color division you're gonna pay dearly for it it's just... the same thing white nationalists believe <laughs> <laughs> yeah it just it just takes one little drop <laughs> like, like like food coloring <laughs> that's why there were so many different names for like uh how many like for different levels of black people like octoroon and you know oh uh, yeah you can track the mm-hmm exactly how much black blood they have <laughs> but anyway yeah i think that, <laughs> going back to laundry i think that uh it it does happen so i've had it happen before to some extent uh with some clothes i've washed but it's like not everything gets pink like what happened in the tv show it's everything gets like uh it mutes the white colors you know, so yeah, they become I've, I've like a that. stained, not not stained, yeah, yeah, like, a little less vibrant. Yeah, but I feel exactly. Like that just happens even if you just from washing. Like it's hard to notice that like a significant, like man, I don't know, one one notch on the Pantone scale or something. Also, there is a uh, Ross is telling Rachel how to do laundry because one of the whole gags here is that. Rachel never has done laundry. This is why she's asking so many questions. And, you know, she ends up fucking up the whole red sock thing. Um, And Ross says that you separate out your delicates into a different load. He says your bras and your underwear or whatever. But you should never put bras in a washer. It's ridiculous. You don't? No, they're too delicate. You have to hand wash them. There's no, like, a washing washing machine safe bras i think it would be the other way like there would be a washing machine that can be so gentle that it can handle bras (laughs) but yeah of course there's washing machine safe bras like you know i throw my sports bras in the washing machine i mean to be fair when i see modern washers i'm always amazed at all the different buttons they have and how fancy they are (laughs) so maybe you can't put a bra but certainly not in the 90s and not at an industrial laundromat Oh, no. That was a a pretty tiny laundromat. Yeah, it was very tiny. (laughs) And yet there were so many people inside of it. (laughs) So many different people, too. Yeah. (laughs) I do like how, in the end, somehow the last three people in the laundromat are Ross, Rachel, and uh, 
and weird African clothing lady. Mm-hmm. I actually that really bothered me that they were fighting over that cart. Yeah, like what is the the laundromat employees like taking away carts as customers are leaving? They're like, well, there has to be a very specific customer to cart ratio. Yeah, and where are they putting these carts? It's always one less cart than there are customers. <laughs> In a real New York laundromat, there is like there's nowhere to hide. There's no, like, secret storage room or anything. Yeah, the laundromat is just one room. Yeah. And it's full of cleaning <laughs> machines. Uh, Ross does make a creepy joke at one point. Um, Rachel's like, oh, this is my first time. I'm a bit of a laundry virgin. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, well, then I'll use the gentle cycle. <laughs> Spoken like a true himself. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I almost threw up. Although this, uh, this plot did have... Uh, what is probably the best physical humor oh. when uh, when he bashed into the the door of the um the dryer really funny. after the smooch yeah the monumental or momentous smooch between Ross and Rachel mhm that was hilarious so Ross is so like overwhelmed with the smooch moment that he's yeah, he just, all he just, like, stumbling around can't even handle it and he slams his face right into a washer door or dryer door. A dryer door. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was a good fall. It was. Uh, it was a good fall. I wonder if they had like a padded floor down there. It was very. Uh, I assume that they were using a stunt actor. Really, I thought he like popped up. I have to watch again for like some sort of cut. I thought it was him. <laughs> if it's not him, then like what is what is he good at? Exactly. <laughs> Ross actually says uh, "bra" twice in this episode because the first in the. <laughs> In the opening, he talks about how the bra out of oh, the sleeve yeah. trick is like the most amazing thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they follow that up with a multiple orgasms joke. Which gets the biggest laugh from the audience. They loved yeah. it. They're like, yeah. Hell yeah, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that is, again, some classic 90s humor. It's like that everyone just discovered or just realize that you can talk about multiple orgasms so it's like multiple orgasms you see in a lot of 90s tv shows like well multiple orgasms <laughs> tell it like it is Woo. <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna whoop and holler in the studio audience <laughs> more evidence of phoebe's dark power her i feel like her ability to like some sort of magic power to break up with people is some other hint of uh psychopathy yeah or some sort of like evil powers mm-hmm. maybe you know, mm. that she can just... Oh, this is evolving? Yeah, just, yeah, it's like some sort of, I don't know if it's mind control, but some sort of, you know, persuasive, some otherworldly persuasiveness that other people can't comprehend or achieve. Would you summarize this as witch? <laughs> yeah, definitely witch-like. There's definitely <laughs> at least one Wiccan in the writer's room <laughs> or whoever uh, conceived the show. They were trying to soft play, see if America was ready for a Wiccan <laughs> leading role. I think the answer was no. Right? I think, are, are we ready for uh, whatever random friend's question you have for me? Yep. It's time for Fred's trivia. All right. Which one of these three pilots that I'm going to describe did Matthew Perry star in and have to choose friends over so he had done a pilot so he did four pilots no he did one of these pilots i'm going oh. to read you three real pilots okay the summary of three real pilots and you have to choose which one was matthew perry in okay so the one he turned down when he got friends yeah okay 
All right. So the first one is a pilot called Look Well, written by Conan O'Brien and Robert Smigel. Yeah. Did not... I mean, they work together. Yeah, I know. But it's just amazing that this, uh, you know, didn't work out. So it was in the 90s, too, you know, so like the peak of their, I would say Conan and Robert Smigel's peak, but whatever. Let's go on. It starred Matthew Perry as the titular washed up 1970s TV actor, Lookwell, whose efforts to assist the police with real crimes only made things worse. The next one is North Hollywood, 2001, a modern day spin on the Bob Newhart show. Life on Parole found office space actor David Herman as a parole officer who was roommates with one of his parolees. But best of all, 2001 North Hollywood is a blistering satirical look at the trials and tribulations of actors in Hollywood, loosely based on Judd Apatow's experience with Adam Sandler. I Today, don't know if I'm following what this is about. <laughs> the cast of North Hollywood would run the average studio millions of dollars. Jason Jason Siegel, Matthew Perry, Amy Poehler, Kevin Hart, and Seth Rogen all start along with Judge Reinhold, Reinhold, who played a heightened version of himself. The last one is an ABC pilot called LAX Two One Nine Four. Filmed with Ryan Stiles and Kelly Hugh about a guy who is in charge of separating aliens' luggage at the L.A. airport in the year 2194. It was a futuristic stint and the aliens were little people wearing wigs. So he, Matt, or, uh, Matt LeBlanc was in one of Matthew those? Perry. Matthew Perry was in one of those. Um... I mean, my gut said the third one, the alien luggage one. So I'm going to go with alien luggage sorter. That is correct. Is it really? Yeah. I mean, that second one, I could not follow. I did not know <laughs> what you were talking about. I wasn't sure when, who made it when. It sounded like it was made yesterday. I, don't, <laughs> I couldn't follow that one. The first one definitely sounded real. I could follow that one. It sounds like that could be good. I feel like they should, uh, they should relaunch that show if uh, Conan O'Brien's still sitting on that script. Yeah, I replaced a name. It's actually starring Adam West. Which one? Uh, so, look well. Adam West was the titular washed Ooh. up 1970s. Yeah, I know. Not Matthew good. Perry. Oh, man. How did that... Did they film a pilot? Can can we find this? Maybe. Oh, it says Shades of Lookwell can be seen in Andy Barker P.I. Uh, you might remember that. It was starring Andy Richter. I watched it. It was pretty terrible. <laughs> I mean, I guess I can see why he would have picked friends over a <laughs> futuristic alien luggage sorting thing. Just, yeah, it doesn't seem like that has, a, you know, any real legs. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like those... I mean, Xenon Girl of the 21st Century, amazing I don't movie. know what, what that... Movie? Really? Movie? Uh, TV show. Well, it did become a movie. Xena Warrior Princess? No, Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century. It's a Disney TV series. Never heard of this. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my god. Is it a cartoon? What is No! I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it anymore. What is 
It was about a girl who was living probably in like the year 2005 or something. 2049. But uh, she lived on a spaceship and, you know, she had the regular trials and tribulations of a regular teenager, but she was in space. She lived on Earth. She was from space. (laughs) When did this come out? It was out when I was like in middle school and high school. Did they have like a menstruation episode? I don't like, recall, but that would have been interesting because how do you deal with your period in space? Yeah, in zero gravity. But I would hope that by the year 2005, in this timeline, they would have, you know, just eradicated periods altogether. <laughs> Maybe. And here we are in 2019. Which I mean, depending on what medication you take, it's sort of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And on that period note, I think we've got enough to end the episode. Put a period on this episode. Ugh. Then we'll see you next week, Thursday at noon, when this episode releases. Uh, Like like a heavy flow. Oh, God. Chris. (laughs) Nobody's here for your period jokes. 